Tonight's message is part something that I've, I've wanted to explore uh, on a Sunday night in the middle of Brother Dan's series on John. He started in January of 2021, I think, and we are uh, tonight would have been John 16, and I'm not going to preach his passage tonight because uh, he wants to do the whole series himself. So I'm going to I'm going to look at some um, adjacent themes and passages. And one of the things that I want to look at tonight, uh, as as we uh, walk through these uh, kind of side passages is the ways that John describes belief and what he means when uh, he uses the word believe in, uh, in his book, in the gospel and in his letters. Okay? And I think uh, within that, I've also pulled in um, a, a few passages that I've preached before to make it easier to prepare two different sermons on the same day with a little bit of notice. Okay, So we're going to be all over John and the book of 1 John. Uh, if, if you want to try and keep up, I'll call out the references every time. Um, but maybe if you're taking notes, we, as we get to the second part of the, of the message, we're going to follow kind of a, a uh, pretty strict outline thinking about belief. Mark read it this morning, the verse from the end of the book of John, from John 20, verses 30 and 31. And these are incredibly hopeful words. Incredibly hopeful words. And Dan will get there before the end of May. He has, he's worked out a way to make sure that he preaches through the rest of John in uh, while in his remaining weeks, okay? So uh, I'm not going to preach those same things. I'm also, we're, we're going to look in just a minute at a couple of passages that he's already preached before, but there's a whole lot more application that one could not cover in one 30-minute sermon when he preached the same passage. I'm not in any way, and I'm, I'm looking at the camera as I say this in case he's watching, I'm not in any way correcting anything he has preached in the past. I wouldn't dare. Not that it would need to be. There are additional applications as we look at belief in the book of John. Okay? So, John says in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, Jesus has uh, been resurrected. He has seen the disciples on the way. He has appeared to a lot of people by the time John describes uh, the scene in chapter 20. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples. So he has done a whole lot more than simply... Um, what John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record. The things that are recorded are recorded so that we can learn from them, and it's enough to point us to salvation in Jesus. But John says, tells us here that Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, Christ, 
the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. By believing, you may have life in His name. It is not simply enough to know something or to see something. You have to have faith that is belief that results in action and a change of your heart. That by believing, you may have life in his name. Look with me at John chapter 3. We'll read a little bit of the story of uh, Nicodemus here. You're probably familiar with it. Nicodemus is a Pharisee himself. He is well-schooled in the law. He knows all about how to keep the law really well. In fact, he, he believes deep down in his heart that the law is the law and his keeping of the law is the only way to be saved. He believes that with all that he, he has and then he looks on this other guy uh, that other people are starting to call rabbi, teacher, and he wants to know how it is that salvation comes if salvation doesn't come from believing in the law. John chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Then we jump down to verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe... How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would show us from your word how believing in you and in Jesus and what Jesus did on our behalf is not the same as knowing it. Not even the same as seeing it. We pray that we would be secure in our belief, knowing in whom we have believed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so Jesus talks to Nicodemus about what it really means to believe in him, in the Son of Man. Jesus, this is, uh, the Son of Man is one of Jesus' favorite names for himself. It comes straight out of the, uh, the book of Daniel. It's, if you use the, the uh, 
on one of the other places that appears from Ezekiel, that is literally someone who has been born of a woman. But in, uh, when Jesus refers to himself as that, and it's recorded in John, he's talking about Jesus, the Son of Man, as from the book of Daniel, that he is the Ancient of Days. And uh, Nicodemus would have recognized immediately that Jesus has, has just, Nicodemus has shown him, or has, has affirmed that Jesus is the rabbi. He's a teacher that has come from God. He, Nicodemus is probably at this point ready to agree that Jesus is a prophet of God. But then Jesus calls himself the son of man. And Nicodemus would have recognized immediately that Jesus just said that Nicodemus was talking to the Messiah. It's a different kind of thing when you know, when you go from knowing that something is true to believing it in your heart and changing your life because of it. And Nicodemus leaves this, this scene w with no record of, him of his having done so. He leaves the, the scene with Jesus there. It's very, very dramatic the way uh, he comes to Jesus at night so that he wouldn't be seen. And he goes from knowledge to now knowing that Jesus claims himself to be the Messiah. And we don't know if that knowledge became belief and faith that night or not. We doubt it. We doubt it. Let's look in at another, uh, another spot where knowledge fails to become belief. Flip over to John 9. In John 9, Jesus heals. Uh, I won't read the, uh, the whole passage. It's a lot, and it's a, it's a, it's a three-act play, basically, in John 9. Um, Jesus heals a man born blind. And the blind man appears to, uh, to the in front of the Pharisees, and they don't recognize him because he's not begging at the city gate anymore. They said, is this, is this the blind guy? Could this really be him? Is this the same man that begs at the gate? And then they recognize that, yes, they are talking to the man who was born blind. So let's look at... at uh, at that real quick. Uh, John chapter 9, and we'll pick up uh, in verse 21. But how he now sees... This is, this is uh, the blind man's parents, and they're terrible parents, by the way. When you they are scared to death that the Pharisees are going to get them. And so they won't back up their kid who they've known their whole lives as being blind and now he's not, they won't back him up. He said, how, we see, how he sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age. He will speak for himself. All right, verse 24. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, this is the Pharisees, and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man, they're talking about Jesus, is a sinner. He answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I know that though I was blind, now I see. And they said to him, what did he do to you? 
How did he open your eyes? And the Pharisees could see right then that the man could see, right? He could tell, they could tell that he could see them. And that wasn't possible before. So they could see his sight. They knew that the man had been healed. And still they're pressing on him. He answered them, I've told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? So the the guy is taunting him a little bit. He's a little uh, sarcastic there. And they reviled him saying, you are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we don't know where he comes from. The man answered, well, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the, man, the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in uttered sin and you would teach us. And they cast him out. Literally, they sent him away. Get out of here. Jesus heard they cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Now, we don't see it in this passage, but Jesus was not with the man when he actually receives his sight. Okay, So, uh, Jesus was not around. The very first time, the man who was blind and can suddenly see, the very first time that he encounters Jesus, he has never seen him before. This is where it is. And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world. Now he's talking to the the Pharisees here. That those who, who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Three of the most discouraging, dead-end, awful, terrible words that you could hear the Savior of the world say about you. Your guilt remains. See, the, the Pharisees here could see what had happened to the blind man. They knew he could see. They knew it deep down in their hearts that, that he could see them. And they had no answer for it. And yet they were not willing to believe with their hearts what had happened. They were not willing to adopt that sight and that knowledge of what had happened and make it into belief. And as good as they were, and they were really, really good, these guys were the best of the good, really good at keeping the law. Jesus, who spoke all of creation into existence with his word, looks at them and pronounces them dead. Your guilt remains. So they had 
all this opportunity. They had all this teaching. And they never moved from what they could see to what they really knew to believing it. And so I think that John gives us some, uh, some ways that we can know that our, the things that we see, the things that we know that, hey, this, this is probable, this must be true, the way we can know that we have believed. And he does this several places in the book of 1 John. We have to, to know the difference between whether we or the people that we encounter believe that Jesus did good stuff and was a good guy and we can learn good stuff from him. Or if we have the saving belief that he was who he says he was and he did what he said he did and that we have no way to be saved without him. So there are a few, a few ways from 1 John that the Bible offers us that we can know for sure. Now, first off, let's talk about two ways that are weak. Ways that you can't, things that you can't depend on to show you if you're saved or not. One of them is from Matthew uh, 7, 22 and 23. What you have done. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we did not prophesy, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, this is Jesus, I never knew you, depart from me, workers of lawlessness. The things that you have done in order to be saved, like the Pharisees, you cannot take what you have done and be assured of salvation. But also, you can't take what you've done and be assured. You also can't take what you've not done and be assured. Luke 18, 11 says, The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. He's praying on the sidewalk just as loud as he could. Thank you that I haven't done whatever I've done. It's not as bad as that guy. Right? The things that you haven't done that other people have done, that's a pretty weak leg to stand on when you think about whether you can be assured of salvation. We find some firmer foundations for assurance from John 5 in the promises of God. Truly I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. John 10, Jesus says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. We quoted that one this morning. And then we can have the witness of the Holy Spirit in our own hearts. Romans 8, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So in 1 John there are a few tests of whether you have belief and faith that is saving. 1 John 3, 19 through 24, do you enjoy worshiping God? Do you enjoy worshiping God? By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For wherever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. 
verse 23, this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Do we enjoy worshiping him? Do we enjoy giving him the praise and honor that he certainly is due? Test number two. Do you have an awareness of your sin? 1 John 1.8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Every one of us has some uh, sin that so easily entangles. Not going to tell you what mine is. I don't need to know what yours is, but I know you got one. Jesus said we all do, okay? Maybe, maybe some of us have more than one. James tells us in chapter 2 uh, of his book that we are led away by the desires of our heart, like a fish being, that's been caught with a hook. Every one of us has sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none who is righteous, no, not one. If we say we have no sin and we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. So do you have an awareness of your sin? Test number three. Do you seek to be obedient to the word of God? 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. And by this we know we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him but does not keep his commandments as a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Do you try to line your word up, or line your life up with the word of God? Do we get into alignment all the time? No. See the previous test. Okay. It's not, there is a standard there that is not possible for us to meet. The good news is Jesus meets it for us if we trust in him. Number four, do you love other Christians and want to be with them? 1 John 3, 14. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Is coming to be with God's people treasury? Is it difficult to, to get up and come to church? Yes, it's difficult to get your family up and come to church. It's worth it. Is it difficult? Yes. Is it miserable? I hope not. If it's miserable here at 3601 Lone Oak Road, maybe there's a church for you that it's, where it's not uh, miserable. I don't know. The point there is, do you want to be with the brothers? Of course, there it uses the brothers in description of all those who believe in Jesus. It's not talking about... Uh, just with other men. We're talking about, do you love brothers and sisters in Jesus? Number five, do you display the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit. Talked about this this morning, 1 John four thirteen. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. Do you believe that your life 
shows evidence of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If the Spirit is bearing fruit in your own life, and you display that, there's a really good chance you've adopted saving faith. The gospel is good news for us right now. But this is more important than the gospel being good news for us right now. It is good news for the future. It's good news for us in every age, particularly the age to come. Because once, once our opportunities for believing have ended and we either Jesus returns or we pass away, there is no hope for us to choose to believe then. Work while it is day to see that as many people as possible come to faith, saving faith in Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be about. We're supposed to, to do, talked about it this morning, sow seeds of the gospel everywhere that we may see as many come to, to Christ as possible. Until we see Jesus, we have the Spirit with us to help us to know how to live and to help us believe. Lord, I, I know, Lord, I know I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me understand what it is about my life that you want me to line up to be with your word. Ask yourself those questions. We have the, the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to live inside of us. It's up to us to choose to live by the Spirit. Don't, I did not just say that it was up to us to choose the Spirit. The Spirit already has chosen us and we have been saved. We who believe and have, have believed in His name. Now it is up to us to choose to live by the Spirit. And other people are watching. They want to see uh, what, what we do as the church of Jesus Christ, what happens to us in hard times. And do we have faithfulness or just despair? Do we ask other people to forgive us when, they, when we hurt them, when we sin against them? Or do we just go on acting like nothing happened? Does the world see us worshiping God despite our struggles? And does the world see us loving others who are unlovable? The very assurance of salvation that we have, the, one of the evidences of belief, one of the fruit of the Spirit, Kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, right? Is how we respond when things are difficult and hard. And the world watches. We want things to be done on our terms, in our way. 
but we who have believed in Jesus know that that's not possible. If we've really moved from seeing what Jesus did to knowing, well, yeah, that's, uh, Jesus was a good guy. To believing with our hearts that it's the only way. Let's pray together. Father, tonight we pray that we would feel the, the reassurance of knowing that if we've passed those tests of belief that you've told us, we can know that we are saved. We can know that we know and have confidence. God, we pray that tonight if there's somebody who maybe didn't answer those questions with saving faith. No, I don't really believe that. We pray that tonight would be the night that they come to belief. We thank you for your word and the, the ways that you're using it in our hearts. We pray that you would encourage us with it this week. That as we go from this place... We would be thankful, we would be joyful and expectant that you're going to use us to accomplish your purposes as we go. In Jesus' name we pray.